This is Raspberry Lemonade, the Arnold Palmer of podcasts, a refreshing dive into the stories of industry professionals, both sweet and sour. And now your host, Mr. Levi. And we're back on Raspberry Lemonade. Have a very special guest on the show today. Personal, well, you could say Mike's your friend, but more than that, he's he's your brother. brother. Yeah. Go ahead and introduce yourself, man. Yeah. So my name is Brandon Jorgensen. I'm actually the sales director over here with Mike Barron. Um, I've been with Mike's for going on three years since 2021. uh, Actually, in January. Um, You know, I'm 25 years old. I'm from Texas. Dallas-Fort Worth to be exact. Shout out to my uh, my murder worth is what they call my city. Um, but uh, no, I mean, it's good to be here with you, man. No, thank you for coming on. Now, what's it been like working with Mike? You said it's been, a, we were talking a little bit off air for a couple of years now, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, literally going on my third year coming this January. Um, what it's been like with working with Mike, It's it's been life-changing actually, you know, so uh before I met Mike, I was a I was a correctional officer. Um, I, I literally uh, was a correctional officer for about two and a half years. Um, I actually became a correctional officer. Well, one because uh, I went to school for criminal justice and psychology. Dropped out, didn't finish. I'm about twelve hours from a bachelor's, but um, I found out I was having a daughter. Oh wow! So uh, I was like, all right, I got to go get a, a real job. Before that, I was chasing music. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, when I became a correctional officer, you know, it was going good. You know, I, I'm kind of one of those guys that have always, always strived for more. Always, like, when I get into something, I'm going to climb the ladder, you know, in corporate or whatever it may be, school, football. I played football in college. Um, but uh, for me, when I met Mike, it really gave me an understanding of how everything really works, okay? And when, and when I say that, I don't mean just, you know, in business or in sales. I mean in life, Right. So one of the biggest bars Mike's ever taught me is the key to success is having the right information and operating off that information. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that really taught me is like information is the biggest thing that you can have and possess over everything. Money's not it. You know, you can say power, but information is how you get all those things. Right. Information is how you put clothes on your back. It's how you get a house. It's how you build a family. It's how you build a network. It's how you get paid. It's how you learn a job. It's, you know, it's everything. So when I learned that, it really kind of shifted the way I thought, right, and the way I think. Um, And I just knew that I needed to chase the right information, right? So that that was a lot about what it is, but it really changed my life, man. I went went from making $2,000 a month to I've seen – North of 24, 30K a month. I got a $100,000 car outside. I'm 25. It's not something I want to brag about, but it's not to really impress people. It's to impress upon them, right? Because the only difference between me and everybody else, I come from a a country town, Springtown, Texas, a little bit outside of Fort Worth, like one of the skirt towns. And uh, I graduated with 230 people in my class. So it wasn't really like a... Oh, really small town then. really, Really small town. I grew up in a trailer park, was never really like, you know... Silver spoon fed. You know, my parents started doing good once I, I got into college and stuff. My dad's actually in sales now. Mm. Um, but uh, now for me, it changed my life in the sense of it gave me the right information to get into opportunities I was always looking for. Gotcha, man. Now, let's dive a little bit into your upbringing. Okay. And we like to touch on that on this show because it really kind of gives a, 
you know everyone has an origin story right, right? and then and when we're kids you know we're still very kind of uh what's the word we're just we're, we're being shaped really by our circumstances by our parents by school by uh, the popular thinking of the time and all these things right but at the end of the day like once we all grow up we decide what we want to do with it yep. with that said i think it does play a huge part into what type of person one becomes so in yep. your case so tell us I, a little bit about what your life was was like growing up yeah so uh you know, growing up, um, for me, I grew up in a, a small country town, you know, uh, never really, really had much. Like, fun for me was racing push mowers with my buddies from down the, you know, down the street. Um, you know, my parents were never bad people, never, like, you know, they we were all programmed from day one, right? We're given information from the ones that raised us. Mm-hmm. And that information is usually just what they have, right? So, like, if you grew up in a poor family, in a hard family, in a not-so-lavish you know, lifestyle, that's really all you know. So it's really all you can get until you go and find that lavish information or that, that connection with somebody who has that, right? For me, I grew up in a home that we, were, we moved a lot, um, almost like every year, you know? Um, not like we moved towns, but we moved houses. We're always moving. My grandma... Um, you know, my grandma took care of me a lot when my mom was working two jobs before my, my dad that came in, right? So my name is Brandon Jorgensen right now, but uh, my biological last name is Santos, so I'm actually Portuguese, right? Interesting. But, uh, Do you speak Portuguese at all? Oh, no. Hell no. <laughs> um, I, 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 uh, I always call my dad my dad because he's raised me since I was one, which mm-hmm. is why I gave his name away to my kids rather than gotcha. the other name, right? So he was the one that raised me. Um, but, uh, you know, it's always been rocky, you know, it, it was rocky growing up just because we didn't have money like that, you know, and finances is really what drives a lot of the issues into modern day families, you know, Absolutely. Like you don't have what everybody else has. It's not just the kids that pick on you in school, but their parents also probably pick on your parents, you know, it's, it's, it's like that all around. So for me, my mom worked two jobs. Uh, I got an older sister. She's uh, 18 months older than me. Um, I have a, a little sister that's eight years younger than me, right? So before my little sister got here, it was always just going to grandma's house and mom and dad going to work and, you know, figuring everything out. But, uh, you know, later on in life, my grandma ended up passing away in a car wreck I was in, and uh, my mom kind of took on all the responsibilities of my grandmother, right? So she actually adopted seven kids. She had two of her own. Wow. Um, you know, she was all into helping the ones that were special needs, g-buttons disabled asperger's stuff like that right so my mom took that all on once she passed and for me is when i really started seeing about like giving back to other people taking care of people taking care of the ones that can't take care of themselves you know and and that really i feel like shaped me but uh i was a big football player growing up if you know texas uh friday night lights it's, it's <laughs> pretty big out there right it's like a religion um but uh you know that was like my dream at first it was like go play the nfl like i'm gonna i'm gonna be that that little Wes Welker that comes out of my town, you know, and uh, really uh, I went and finally played college ball. And well, for me then it was like, it became a job. It wasn't fun anymore, you know? Um, So that's when I quit, but I was real passionate about music. Um, And I chased music, you know, I got to making a little bit of money with it and then uh, found I was having a daughter. And so that was really when I was just like, all right, I gotta go get a, a real job. And, 
kind of caught up to the story from there, man. Okay, so kind of when that moment where you found out that you were going to have a daughter. Yeah. You were like, okay, it's no longer about me, right? 100%. And that's why you went to, what, what was that job that, that you took on? Yeah, so I took on being a correctional officer. Oh, that was where that came in. Yeah, okay. so uh, I had a criminal justice associate's degree. And so I was like, all right, how do I uh, how do I use this degree? You know, How do I utilize the time I've already spent and all this stuff? So I, I became a correctional officer. And, you know, I worked my way up in that ladder. And about, my daughter was born in July of 2020, so smack dead in the center of COVID. Um, so it wasn't like a normal birth. Like, I almost wasn't even allowed in the, the, the room. You wow. know what I'm saying? <clears throat> but uh, for me, I just knew that I had to do whatever it took to provide, right? And at the time, daycare is being shut down and nobody really able to watch my child. I was like, all right, well, the wife can't work. I got to go figure this out. I got to take care of the bills. I got to, you know, make sure my wife's got a car. I got to make sure that I got a car. I got to make sure everything's good, make sure she got diapers, toys to play with, you know what I mean? And so uh, CO paid well. But I worked seven to seven, two months of days, two months of nights. Wow. Right? So, uh, you know, you're talking 12-hour shifts. Uh, you're talking about 80, 90 hours a week. Um, I worked right there in Parker County. Uh, it was a, a county jail, right? It wasn't like I was in prison or nothing like that. But uh, county's even worse, if you ask me, because then you got all the ones that know they're about to get out, and they don't ever actually behave. Uh, <laughs> you know? So, um, uh, no, nah, really, uh, it was cool, you know, I mean, it, it was cool um, in the sense of if you like action, you know, different things happening every day, it's not the same thing every day, you know, things popping off or, you know, just doing intake versus just watching a zone or learning how like a, it's military structure. So you learn a lot about discipline and, you know, you wear combat boots too, you wear, wear the pants and the shirt. And at the end of the day, I finally realized and learned inside there is that it, there's no difference. You know, like, just because they're on the other side of the glass, you know, we're just another gang in there. You know, like we just got a badge on. We just serve the food. You know, we got a different role and responsibility in there. But, you know, it's just like anybody else that walks in that cell. You know, wow. you know there ain't nothing that's protecting you. You ain't got guns on you. We didn't have batons, no tasers, no mace. You know, the only ones that really had mace were, like, the sergeants. Mm. Right. So I finally came home one day in December of 2020, and it was actually the 16th. And it was off a night shift. I came home that morning and it, you know, it's not like I know this, like to be true, exact, like this is what happened. But to me, it felt like my daughter didn't recognize me. She was crying anytime I pick her up, wow. wouldn't let me sit next to my wife while she was holding her. She'd be screaming, going off. And who knows, you know, maybe she was just scared of men. But yeah. like, you think about the guy that's been there since she was born. She's eight months. She, he's there every day. Like, you know, she wouldn't freak out from that guy. Yeah. Right. So when I finally need seen that, uh, I grew up with my dad always being gone, you know, in work. So he was an installer for an AC company at the time. And, you know, installers, they wake up at five o'clock at the job by six thirty and they work till the job's done. So sometimes even midnight at night, if they got another job in the middle of the day. So I always told myself, I'll never be that father that provides, but is always absent. Mm. Right. So dad missed a B on a rules. You know, he, he got to come eventually to football games later on in high school, but he missed a lot growing up. Right. So I told myself I won't be that guy. You know, I always realized like as a kid, it was never about the money we had that I cared about. It was about my parents being there. You know? Yeah. So I quit that day and then uh, I blew my savings on her first Christmas. 
Um, I went back to an air conditioning company driving a van. It was actually the air conditioning company my dad worked for. I was a parts runner. So I took installers the parts for their jobs, right? Uh, made about two grand a month. Wasn't really much. And uh, that's when I really started reaching out and looking for other avenues. And it's exactly how I found Mike. Mm. Damn, bro. That's crazy that that was just three years ago. It is crazy. It's absolutely like, insane. It feels like it was years ago, though. Yeah, so the way you're, you know, you talk about it, yeah, it seems that way. But, I mean, that just goes to show, and I want to take a moment here. Yeah. And kind of tell the audience, like, it just goes to show. It doesn't take a long time to make huge change. Exactly. What would you say to someone who's out there right now who's maybe going through a similar struggle or... Yeah. Is kind of going through the thick of it, and but they feel like they're they're right at the edge, like they just can't take on anymore. What would you say to someone in that situation? In that situation, for me, um, you know, and I, I'm always going to refer back to Mike because I can't ever just say this information and say like, "Oh, this was my information. I came up with it." Right? Um, there's something called be, do, and have, right? And your be is your beingness, right? It's like how you think. It's how you look at yourself. It's like who you are. It's like what you believe. It's, it's literally who you are. It's your beingness, right? And that's always going to determine what you do, right? You're doing this. The actions you take, words you tell yourself. Your tongue moving is an action. It's not a thought, right? Your thoughts are what lead your tongue to moving. So the doing this will always determine what you have, your happiness, your results, what shapes reality, right? So for me, when I first learned this, and I was going through all that, man, I was ready to quit. You know, I was like, dude, I don't know if I can do this anymore. You know, I was like, dude, I don't, I don't really know how I'm going to take care of a, uh, my wife and my daughter. You know, and I got an eight-month-old son now, too, so I got two kids now. <laughs> it's like I'm in a better position. I don't feel that stress no more because I know my beingness will take care of the actions, which will take care of the results, mm -hmm. right? But if I was going to give somebody some advice, I would tell them that your beingness is what you believe, right? So, like... If you believe you can't take no more, you won't be able to take no more. Mm. You will fall. You will break. If you believe you will quit, you will quit. Right? Like, what you believe is simply what's going to be the actions you actually take to, to make happen. Damn, right? Which bro. Which are actually <laughs> the results that you're going to get. Yeah. Right? So, I didn't just go get a cool car. I didn't just make all this money. I didn't just help my family move across the country and live in the sixth most expensive city in the world. You know, as I believed I could, which is why it happened. I'm 25. There's 40-year-olds in Texas, I can tell you right now, that I wish they could do what I do. Yeah. They don't have to wish. They just have to believe they can. Right? If you believe that you can do something, it will happen. It may not happen today. 10 minutes from now, next year, two years from now. But you have to keep the belief because if you start to believe it won't happen, it won't. That's the actions your mind will tell your body to start taking. Mm. Right? You ever, uh, you or anybody out there, if you really think about this, I, I, it always just takes me back to like my high school days. And I remember like if somebody was saying something that would make me mad or like push me over the edge that... Like, I'd start thinking, like, I'm going to hurt this person or I'm going to do something to get back at this person. And you can actually think about it so much that, like, you'll start seeing, like, if I vision myself, you, your fist balling up, right. kind of walking big. If you're a man, you know, if you're a woman, 
you're thinking I'm scared or, or whatever, you, you might start feeling closed off or, you know, I mean, men do that too, not just women. I don't mean to, you know, single everybody out, but I think about like my sister when it comes to that, you know, like remember the hard times we went through, she would always like run to her bedroom, like cover up under the, the blanket. I'm like running towards it, you know, I'm going right. to screw it up, you know, like, I'm, this, <laughs> I'm this big, big, bad person in this world that's going to take care of everything. Um, but uh, it's literally what you, what your, your thoughts are things. What you think you will become. I believed I could become successful, and that's why I became successful. The problem with 99% of the world is they operate off of have, do, and be. Mm. It's backwards, right? How many times you hear somebody go, if I could have what they have, yeah. I could be doing what they're doing, mm -hmm. and I could be just like them. Yeah. If I only had the money, if I only had the time, exactly. if I only had, yeah. But here's the thing, man. How are you going to have a million dollars, then spend a million dollars? And be a millionaire. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. It yeah. doesn't add up, right? You must first be a millionaire in your mind to take the actions like one mm. to have millions of dollars. You must be a good father in your mind first in order to take the actions like one to have kids who say you're a great father. You must be a good football player in order to take the actions like one to score all the touchdowns and be a great football player, win Super Bowls, whatever it is you want to be you must be it in your mind first and that's really the biggest thing i took away so if that could tell anybody anything i tell you to really get in a journal get on a piece of paper write down who you want to be what that person does how he acts how she acts what she wears what she does like what building she walking into who she hanging out with really get real specific with yourself on who you want to be and then next step is believe you can be that person and watch all the actions just take place and you start having all these results. That's amazing, man. That's this conversation is reminding me of one that I had with a previous guest, uh, Russell, the magnificent shout out. Okay. Where he, you, what well, you're talking about basically boils down to identity, right? Yeah. And kind of how you view yourself even in the moment. Mm -hmm. Cause you mentioned something earlier of how, you know, if like, cool. Okay. You, you kind of have a clear vision now, you, you believe it, but it's not going to, like you said, it might not happen like the next 10 minutes. It might not exactly. happen in the next year. But the, the fact is that you embrace or embody that person that you already see in the moment. Yep. And the actions are what follows after that. Exactly, right? It's like if you think about going to the gym, it's like, say I'm an overweight person and I want to be this ripped, freaking fit guy. I'm not going to go to the gym once and it happened. Yeah. Right? I'm going to have to go, I'm going to have to go again, and I'm going to have to go again, and again, and again. And eventually it gets easy to go. Then it's like if you miss the day of the gym, it's like, dude, I feel weird. You know, it's like <laughs> I got to get in the gym. Or it's like um, studying. If you, if you like education and going to school and learning things, it's like if you don't study, it's like, oh, no, I'm going to fail this test. Like, you know, you get that overwhelming because that's what's normal to you now. Mm. And your beingness is just simply what is normal. Like, yeah. It wasn't normal for me to drive nice cars and be around rich people and successful people and have a wife that was always happy and kids that are flourishing. And, you know, it wasn't normal for me, but I made it normal. Now, if it's not going on, I'm like, what's going on? Something, you know, yeah, what's, like, yeah, something's you have to weird. change your normal, mm. right? Because if you're not moving forward, you're moving backward. Uh, and this is from Bob Proctor from anybody out there. Um, that knows Bob Proctor, rest in peace, Bob Proctor. Um, he says, 
there's never a time in this world or in this life that you're staying in the same place. The world's constantly moving. That means you're constantly moving. You're either moving forward or you're moving backwards, Ooh. right? You will never stay in the same place. Like, I see a lot of people in this world hanging out with the same people they went to school with or the same people they were best friends with in high school. And I'm not saying you can't do that. What I'm saying, though, is make sure they're also trying to grow like you. Yeah. And they're trying to do the same, you know, growth. Maybe not the same things, maybe not in the same direction, but they're consistently trying to get to the next, right? They're trying to grow. Because if you're staying with people that are shrinking, you will shrink. It's like if you hang out with five drug addicts, you become the sixth. Yeah. What happens to you if you think you hang out with five billionaires or five gym freaks that are fit, that are strong, or five geniuses or five professional football players or like whatever you want to be? Imagine getting around those people, hanging around with the five best ones. What do you think is going to happen? It's like you're going to start being influenced by those people, which means you're going to start acting like those people, which means you're going to start doing the same things as them, right? And if doing this leads to having this, that means you're going to have the same results, right? Because you can't do the same thing and expect a different result, right? Right. So like if I went and hung out with five drug addicts and one overdose and I kept doing the drugs and I didn't expect to overdose, I'd be crazy, Yeah. right? Because it's the same thing with the same result. I'd be insane to think it was something different. What do you think also happens if you go hang out with five successful people and I do the same things of them every single day? It would be insane of you to think that you couldn't have the same results. And that's why I hang out with the successful people. That's why I get into as many rooms as I possibly can. That's why I'm in this room with you today. It's like I want to be around people that are going to the next. I want to be around people that are growing in their field. Even if it's not my field, I just want to be around them because they're growing. It's yeah. momentum. It's energy. Energy cannot be created nor destroyed. It can only be transferred, right? So you got energy. I want you to transfer it to me. It just better be good energy or I don't want it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well, hopefully you're feeling the good energy, man. I feel it, man. It feels good in here today, and I appreciate you having me on this. Yeah, man. So what would you say has been one of the tougher experiences that you've gone through? You kind of already mentioned some things. But like just to, I, I like to dive in a little more into these things because I, I, I try to think from the audience perspective, right? Right. Because I was there at one point. I think I've gotten a little better as far as my thinking goes. <laughs> but I used to see these people like on online, you know, or on podcasts and all these things. It's like, man, like that must be nice, you know, right. or like kind of like, like how the heck did they get there but like with a not a curious mindset more of a like almost hitting on them right yeah you feel jealous yeah exactly jealousy so well that's why i like to ask people kind of like or dive a little deeper into the not so great experiences because it it really humanizes the person right you know you see all the success but like you also see like oh they didn't have it easy Exactly. Right? So, so one of the one of the toughest things with me was a lot of people want to become something great. They want to become great in whatever it is. Uh, they want to be whoever it is they want to be. They just got to really understand and know that there's change that comes with it. Like you can't be the same person and be that person, mm. that, that version of you. In other words, that means relationships will change. Relationships with moms, sisters. Dads, auntie, uncles, grandmas, grandpas, family, friends, network, 
for me, my toughest one was my relationship with my wife. Right? Tell me more about that. So the reason why it was so tough for us is because, you know, everybody's programmed from day one to think and be like the way they are from their family, from whoever raised them. I got on this journey of becoming successful and getting this information and becoming great and I'm gonna help I'm gonna help change the world. My wife wasn't with me when I did that. Mm. You know, she wasn't with me going through that same information and, and learning it. Now we're we're good. Like don't don't get me wrong, there ain't nothing wrong with me and my wife now, but there were points in time that like I'll be real, we had to spend a month apart. I was out here in San Diego, she was back home. And you know, we, we had to do that and it wasn't out of like Oh, let me come out here for a month and get better and grow. It was like, no, we split up for a month. And the reason being is because I'm thinking penthouses, private jets, Lamborghinis. She thinking farmhouse, white fence, school with the kids. And like, you know, we are in two different, two different areas right yeah. now, like two different lifestyles that just didn't match up. So we grew apart mm. in a way. But I knew as a closer, as a sales professional, as somebody that is a highly skilled communicator, the only reason me and my wife wouldn't be together is if I agreed with it. Mm. Right? So, at the end of that month, I drove my butt all the way back home. <laughs> I stood in front of the elevator, waited for my wife to come down and let me up. It was like 11.30 at night. That sounds like a movie scene, and bro. I, I'm telling you, I'm, I made it a movie scene. I made it a movie scene. Baby, if you see this, don't kill me. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I made it a movie scene on purpose. Yeah. Because I knew what I was going to do. I was going to go close my wife. Mm. Right, so that's the biggest thing about sales is Grant writes a book. Shout out to Grant Cardone. Um, it's called Sell or Be Sold. Right? It means everything that you do in your life, it is a sell. That means getting a girl to go out with you, getting your kids to clean their room, letting mom to let you go out of the house, getting a loan from the bank, selling a car off the lot. Everything you're doing is you're selling your idea, holding the door open for the old ladies to sell her on that you're a nice young man. You know, I like so that. Everything is sales. It's all communication. Yeah. Either you're going to sell your idea and somebody's going to agree with you, or you're going to buy somebody else's and they're and you're going to agree with them. Yeah. Right. So that means that every single time you communicate with somebody, you're either trying to sell yourself or you're trying to buy them. Right. So when I went home, I knew I was like, she don't agree with everything. The biggest thing about sales is agreement. Right. So I had to give her the experience of like. I'm here, this is what I want, I'm going to close you on it. But without her knowing that. Because if she knew I was coming there to force a relationship, yeah. that's not, it would never work. The best closes. I couldn't force it. Yeah, exactly. You can't force a sale. Yeah. With it's what she wanted. And it didn't happen like instantly that night, you know. Like we had a connection, we hugged, you know, we cried, you know. We, we got like, we seen how much we missed each other. But man, there was still a month of freaking like building that we had to go back through and we had to get on the same page and we had to do all this stuff and now we got a son together at the time we only had a daughter you know my, my daughter's name is brexley my son's name's bane uh yes after batman his name nice. is bane brentley jorgensen it means the glorious defender overcomes major obstacles to achieve success the son of jorgen wow i really put some thought into that, so. like that. Yeah. <laughs> but no yeah i mean uh I always just uh, knew that sales, once I learned it, is everything. Like, I'm selling myself to you right now. I'm selling myself to this audience. You sell yourself to this audience. Like, and it's only going to be the people that agree with you that buy you. Yeah. 
So it's really never about the haters. You just need the haters to get you in front of more people that might agree with you. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Man. It's called sales and marketing. I like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really like that, man. That's something I always told my wife, too. We kind of went through a sim- similar uh, kind of a patch where we weren't really on the same page on some stuff. Yeah. And it took a while like now she, dude, she even started her own business now, bro. Oh, wait, that's crazy. Yeah. Congratulations. Man. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited, proud of her, excited for her. And of course, going to be supporting that 100%. Yeah. Um, but where I'm going with this is that I, as I started to, you know, acquire a little more knowledge of, of what it takes to to grow businesses and all everything, really just to, to make a living at the end of the day. Right. Is sales. Everything is sales. And you're just putting it on the table so well like literally i I didn't even think about how even interactions could be considered a sale exactly so anyone out there if you think you can't get into sales you're already doing it (laughs) yeah you just may not be the best you may not be the worst you just need to understand what you're doing when you're doing it so you can be at control and be at cause of what's actually happening if you want what you want out of life you're gonna have to learn how to sell people because that's what that's how you're gonna get it yeah how they're gonna give it to you but always know this, when it comes to sales, there's three things that you must have. Commitment, because sales is designed to weave out the week, because it's not always guaranteed, right? Two, you have to stay real, honest, and ethical, okay? I call sales a superpower. Superheroes have superpowers. So do villains. That's true. Right, so do villains. Don't be a villain, be a superhero. Stay real, honest, and ethical. Do what's right, because that's what it's about. The last thing is you got to be a producer. A producer means you got to show up and you got to do your part, because nobody's gonna actually do it for you, right? Um, if y'all think about like those movies, right? I know this is cliche because we're talking about a movie; it's not really reality. But if you think about those storylines of like those stupid rich kids that are always like got everything. And they always got the butlers are coming to tell it to them or somebody else. It's never actually like their parent. Uh-huh. They resent it. They resent that because they're not showing up and doing their part. Yeah. So they're not selling their child. Right. So that's the biggest thing in sales is you got to do your part. It's not always just on the client. It's not always just on you, but it's like a relationship. Right. It's everybody's got to do their part. Yeah. A family. Everybody's got to do their part. One's going to take out the trash. One's going to do the dishes. One's going to mop the floor. You know, the house ain't ever going to stay clean if there's not everybody doing their part. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You can talk about military, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we were talking about how being a correctional officer, right? That was, that was the, that's the name, right? Yeah, I was a correctional officer, a CEO. Yeah, so with that comes uh, a lot of discipline. Is that something that you would say you already had or this taking on this job now kind of helped you fine tune that i had a lot of discipline and mainly because i played football Mm. you know and in texas it ain't no joke all right so uh really uh discipline came with really being able to control your emotion so self-discipline um you know in there i have less rights than they do right like they could punch me in the face and i can't just punch them Uh. unless it's legitly like defending myself you know, and it's cameras everywhere. So it's not like, you know, won't punch you and then just act like they're not doing nothing and stop <laughs> stop harming you, stop being a threat immediately. So now you can't retaliate. Mm. So it's like that self-discipline to really hold back and be like, it's not worth it. Or if you're walking across, you know, the, the 
the hallway and you hear somebody start talking about your wife, your kids, your family, whatever, you can't react, right? Like, and that's the biggest thing about people in life in general is if I go to a bar right now and I look at somebody and I'm like, screw you and flipping on the bird and I'm being this arrogant prick, one of them's going to get mad and they're going to do something. <laughs> but he doesn't understand how much control I have over him right now mm. because all I'm getting him to do is react. Yeah. Right? So the reactive mind is meaning you're being controlled. So if you can stop reacting and really just think, it's like how important is someone calling you a name or talking crap about your fan? How important is that versus everything else in life? Versus, like, the goals, the success, the kids, the family. Like, unless somebody's going to actually, like, harm you physically, like, and threaten you, ain't nothing matter but what you're focused on. Because what you focus on is what grows. Yeah. You focus on somebody else that ain't even, like, a part of what you're trying to do, you're just going to let everything shrink and you're going to let the problems grow. Right? The way you solve problems is you focus on solutions. If you Absolutely. want more problems, focus on the problems. Because then you just end up with more problems because that's what grows. You're <laughs> focusing on it, right? So, I mean, I took a lot of game from Mike in this, and this is all bars from Mike that he's taught me. Um, but uh, if you actually implement it and do it, yeah, you, you will look back in a year and be like, holy cow. Oh, my gosh, this is crazy. My life's changing. Things, I, I do it every year. Every year I look back and I'm like, holy crap, I really did that. You know, like yeah. I really accomplished those things. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I just always tell everybody, stay looking forward because what's behind you don't matter no more. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Take yeah. the rear view mirror off the car. You ain't nobody coming up after you. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know? Exactly, man. Uh, well, let's see. What else can we talk about here? What would you say has been one of the, maybe the best moments that you've had so far? Yeah. Okay. That has happened ever since you started. Well, yeah, ever since you made that change, you know. And you yeah. I'm going to give you two things. I'm going to give you the best moment that I see as in like sentimental and, and personal. And I'm going to give you like the coolest thing I ever did. Okay. Um, okay. Best moment would be being able to communicate with my wife without fighting. Now, I'm not saying we don't fight. Everybody's going to fight every now and then. But being able to communicate with my mom and my wife and my dad and my family and not get that feeling of judgment. You ever feel like you talk to your family and like almost like you feel like you can't tell them something because you're feared they're going to judge you? Yeah. I know how to tell them without feeling that feeling now, without letting that control me. So that's nice. one of the, the best things that I've been able to do that's given me. Um, the coolest thing I've ever done with this information is I took my wife, my kid, uh, my daughter, and I, and I was a franchise partner. So I was a franchise partner for Mike. So I'll give y'all my story with Mike for real quick. It's real fast overlay. Um, I met Mike in January, 2021. It was January 26th. I tried all the Amazon FBAs, Forexes, and, and I don't hate on those things. Those things just take more capital to really get successful. Um, this just took a skill set. Yeah. You know? So me, I came in, I became a sales professional, made some money in my first month. And then when I made the money, I was just like, all right, cool. We in this. Let's go. Right. And uh, so from March 1st, 2021 to November, I made 160 grand in commission. Wow. I was 22 years old. 
from there, I was 22 when I started. I was 23 because I turned 23 in June. Um, but uh, 23 by November. December, I started up my own franchise with Mike. Um, from January, after I built my team in December, from January to the beginning of August, we grabbed half a million dollars. Um, it was me, two closers, six setters. Um, and then uh, I got flew out here, right? But in that meantime of doing all that, I took my wife, my daughter, and my team. I flew them all to San Diego for the grand opening of this place. Nice. Right out of Airbnb. Team went home. Me and the wife, we went down to Ensenada for three days. Went from Ensenada back here to San Diego to say bye to Mike. Went from San Diego to uh, Los Angeles, or not Los Angeles, to Las Vegas. Uh, spent the day in Las Vegas and then flew back to Texas. All in one, one day. So I was in Ensenada, San Diego, and Las Vegas all in one day. That is with insane. With my wife and daughter. That was the coolest thing I've ever done in my life. I was 23. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was 23 at that time. It was April of 2022. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Three places in one day. That's yeah, not a lot man. of people can That's, say that. that was, I only knew that was the coolest <clears throat> thing I ever did because, uh, one, I had hardly ever traveled outside of Texas before I got into this thing. Um, but the second thing was is I wasn't, it wasn't just me that I was paying for. You know, I paid for my team. Yeah. I paid for my wife, my daughter. Went to, you know, Mexico's cool with Vegas, you know, and, and, and that stuff didn't show me like, oh, I'm, rich it wasn't like that it was like dude i planned this a year ago you know what i'm saying i planned this a year ago and now i'm doing it it's happening you know yeah. it's like i believed it so much that i started taking the actions to be making it possible and then i started really having the, the travel life you know and that's when i be doing have really kicked in for me that's awesome man. thank you for sharing that Yeah, 100 percent, man 100 percent I don't want to see, I'm usually the guy that's asking all the questions, you know, I'm a closer. So you know, the, <laughs> the person in control of the conversation is the ones asking the questions, but also the, the only person in control is the ones getting their answers. So every time you ask me a question, I'll tell you something. I just want to ask you a question. <laughs> it's like, I want you're to welcome you. to. Yeah. Um, but no, no, I'm, I'm good, man. I, I like, I like your show to stay your show. I mean, I, I don't want to be the guy like uh, overrunning it, but uh, no, man, I really appreciate you letting me come on here. Let me tell my story. Let me introduce myself to your 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 network, to your people, your fans, um, everybody out here. If you're not following this guy, follow this guy. Um, <laughs> if you're not tapped in, tap in. This guy is obviously here for a reason. He's tapping in some big, high, powerful entrepreneurs who got the right information. Um, and I know for a fact, I, I've talked to plenty of people that just from a podcast, they meet the right person to get the right information. And four years down the line, they're the one on the podcast. Hence me. There you go. <laughs> yeah, man. But it, it was a pleasure. I appreciate you coming on. I got one last question for go you. Go for it, man. I like to end uh, the shows on a high note. Yeah. A musical high note. Okay. And being that you have a musical background, I think you'll enjoy this question. If you had to choose your current life soundtrack, what song would that be? My current life soundtrack. Okay. Um,. Current life soundtrack. This might be the hardest question of the show. It a lot may, of, a lot of, <laughs> but uh, can I like? Yeah, of course. All right, check. Cool. Go through your playlist. I got two of them that I really am thinking about. You know what? I probably have to go with this one actually because this is kind of like my motto. Mm. It would probably be "Go Hard" by Lil Baby. Okay, 
not familiar, but we'll, so we'll take we'll get a the listen. Whole, the whole the whole name of the songs is like, you know, Lil Baby came in the industry. You know who Lil Baby the rapper? Is, yeah, yeah, right? I've heard so of the he guy. Came yeah. in the industry. He came in hard. He came in fast. He was like doing all this stuff, moving around the world, make, making all these moves, and got successful. Right, really successful. And it was almost like Lil Baby kind of died off for a little bit. Like he kind of took a step away from you know going so hard. Mm. So in the song, the lyrics are like, "I'm going hard again," and like I just. I think about that because, like, in football, I was doing that. You know, stupid hard. got to college playing ball. Like, then I'm like, you know what? I won't do this no more. Kind of let off the gas. Kind of, like, sat back. Kind of figured out what I wanted to do. And it's like, when I met Mike again, it's like, I'm going hard again. You gotcha. Know what I'm and I ain't stopped since. So it's just like, I'm going hard. I like that. Um, I go hard every single day I wake up. Um, some days you have bad days. Some days you, you know, you're going the best you can be. But just remember on life... Life does not pause for you when you're winning or when you're losing, right? So when you're in a high part of life, when you're in an up stat moment, remember not to kick your feet up and relax because it's all going to end eventually. Mm. And when you're in a down part of life, when you're in a down stat, remember to keep your head up, chest out, because it will all end eventually. Wow. Shout out to Will Rivera for giving me that bar. Damn. <laughs> yeah, no, that was... That's gonna be that's gonna be a clip right there for sure. One hundred percent. Thank you for continuing to support the show, and uh, that's it, guys. Get out there, make it happen. See you on the next episode. Thank you so much. Productions. Hope you've enjoyed the program.